Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast today. I'm so glad that you've taken time to join us. And in this episode, we'll examine the Old Testament book of Nahum. The name Nahum means consolation. And it goes along with the whole view and focus of the book. It's unique among the prophets in that it has no judgment for Israel, only consolation, predicting the destruction of her great eastern enemy. Nahum was the sole author of this book, though little is known about him. Um, His name is mentioned only once in the Bible, and that's in chapter 1 of Nahum, verse 1, the burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum. His hometown was Eshkelah, from which scholars have pieced together. He was born near Capernaum in northern Galilee, and uh, then escaped or migrated to Eshkelon in southern Judah after the north fell. And he prophesied to Judah in a time when they really need consolation concerning the Assyrian enemy, that the empire was coming against them. The day of the writing of Nahum was approximately 710 BC, and he's one of the six minor prophets not dated by the text. Uh, the date of 710 coincides with the Assyrians appearing on the scene to be a great threat to Judah. Uh, so that's how we get that tech, that time period. Nineveh was one of the earliest cities founded. Uh, It was founded by Asher, the son of Nimrod. Uh, Genesis chapter 10, verse 11 says, Out of the land went forth Asher and built Nineveh and the city Raboth and Kalal. The the Syrians assumed independence from the Babylonian empire. Actually, it was an empire at that time. But sometime around 1500 BC, the empire, the Syrian empire that we're it's being really focused on here by Nahum is actually considered the second Syrian empire and it has the most relevance to biblical history. They invaded Syria and then Israel. They besieged the capital city of Israel, Samaria. They took the king Hosea, a capture. Um, the Syrians would continue their advance. They, they would go down to Egypt you know, a nice distance away, and conquered that nation in 671 B.C. The Syrian Empire started to become a part, though, about 50 years later. Nineveh was destroyed in 612 uh, B.C., and their army was brought to a standstill still at uh, Kargamesh in 605. So, so complete was the destruction of Nineveh that the city was almost a myth for two millennia until it was rediscovered in 1842. So from 1612, or yeah, 1612 was when Nineveh was destroyed. Nobody knew it was so complete that it was lost. It almost became like that place really didn't exist. Like that's a myth. Alexander the Great marched through there in 331 BC, and there was no evidence of existence. That's truly incredible. I mean, God's judgment on Nineveh was complete. It mean, totally, utter destroyed them. Assyria and Nineveh were known for, I mean, Nineveh being the capital of the Assyrian Empire, was known for their military and cruelty. Uh, most of their gods were gods of war. They were not they were not a nation of students. They were a nation of hunters and warriors. And and most of their culture, like and their art and science, was derived from the Babylonians. Uh, the largest well, I should say the last great king of Assyria, 
Arshur Benpal did did establish the greatest library of the ancient times. The last great king was the last, you know, he, he tried to bring in some culture, I guess you could say, uh, but uh, he had about 20,000 volumes, which was massive uh, for that time period. But at any rate, the cruel nation was a tool that God used to destroy the northern kingdom of Israel for their idolatry and violence. And, um, you know, he was now going to bring judgment on them. They were going to be carried away. Uh, Judah in 710 uh, BC had survived the Assyrian invasion by Sargon because of the great revival during the time period of Hezekiah. But Assyrians were still continuing its march, uh, trying to, you know, get more property and lands and you know, pin back the Babylonians. Uh, they were at their height. And Judah needed divine intervention from being swallowed up by this violent horde. And it's a, as a, that's a very good description of them. A violent horde. So the purpose of the book of Nahum, the primary purpose was to console Judah concerning this vicious enemy. I mean, she was swallowing up every other nation, it seemed. So they were concerned, obviously, why they, they should be. And the prophet announced that God's, God's detailed plan to destroy and completely ruin her. This message was given to Judah to remind him of the Lord's sovereignty over all nations and that he does not long tolerate those who rule by plunder and violence and totally disregard his warning of judgment. So the, the book is a book of judgment, some unique contributions of Nahum. It's a book of judgment. No book of the Bible is so, in essence, uh, its message of judgment as Nahum. The only good tidings is predicted announced that wicked Nineveh was destroyed. Chapter 1, uh, verse 15. Behold, upon the mountains the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. O Judah, keep thy solemn feasts, perform thy vows, for the wicked shall no more pass through thee. He is utterly cut off. So compelling and emphatic was this message of judgment that the sins of Judah and Israel were not even alluded to. There's no mention of them. There, it wasn't even a sub-thought, nothing like this. This book was devoted by the Lord to portray uh, his wrath against the people who love to plunder. They were involved with wickedness. They loved wickedness. And, and bloodshed was part of their culture. I mean, you know, the Lord's judgment is coming. And it's really a warning to all nations Nahum is writing, and listen to all nations, that the law of God will not let sin and violence go unpunished indefinitely. He knows, and he does not forget. Though he's slow to anger, and he's interested in showing mercy, he's not immune from anger. And when his laws have been broken, and his grace refused, well, warning, justice is coming. Nahum portrays God's wrath and judgment to the nations, whether they have Mosaic law or not. God is God, and he will judge. He will not let it go. He won't let it slide. And, you know, sometimes right now in our current world, we think the wicked ones are getting away with it. They're doing stuff that's wrong, and we don't understand why God doesn't do something sometimes. And Listen, the wicked... Do not escape. The Lord will judge. Now, we can take consolation from that, just as the people in Judah 
took consolation in it, we can take consolation in it as well. So I hope that's helped you some in understanding this uh, book of Nahum a little bit better. I hope you have a wonderful day, a great week, folks. Keep exploring the Word and look into Jesus. That's where you'll find hope for today and tomorrow. Take care and God bless.